0: he has to say right on the house you can still hear a question mark okay we got something says it's got an excellent connection um, I have been uh, doing introductions and shows that, that I thought you were gonna see and then it turns out that you're not um, is it working now are people saying that they can hear me and see me and I'm not freezing up they say it's, better. it's better okay so what I had to do folks is just drop down from 18 megabits per second to 12 uh, we do have a different internet situation where we are now, so it's a little bit confusing. So it's a big difference between that. And as, as you may have also seen, the one that I just did before, we had um, we had a very, very upsetting thing happen after the show was over where an astonishingly bad red tint was added to the whole show that made it unwatchable. Okay, so I guess you didn't have to see the weeping David Wilk. Yeah, we're going to be doing a lot of camera cuts. So um, we are going to be describing for you current events, but in a completely boring and uninteresting way, because if I was interesting, if I told you even one-tenth of what I would like to tell you, then we wouldn't have a channel anymore, and that's the sad reason. But what I'd like to do today uh, is go right up to the line. Let's see if I can not get taken down. <laughs> Let's see if I can talk about some stuff that's just going to be boring. And un- uh, so we are going through what I would call a global, very acrimonious divorce. And specifically, uh, what I'm looking for here is for you to understand how real this is how many channels that talk exactly the kind of stuff that you guys want me to talk about have been wiped away Mm -hmm. by making very, very simple mistakes that you only get one chance to make by simply talking about things Mm -hmm. that are true, or at Mm -hmm. least, and I really, really hope that this global, easy-to-understand mystery does not elude you that you're not fooled by what has been going on here. Because, in my opinion, we are dealing with an outrageous, outrageous level of deception. And this is a deception that is staggering to the imagination. It is a deception that once fully understood and appreciated for what it was, what the collective they says. We get all excited about what they think and what they say, and we feel in our educational system that you're given a particular task, and you have a certain number of days to perform that task, and if you don't do it by a certain amount of time, then you're a failure, and you get an F. F means that you have incorrect information in your mind, and you also are said to have graded poorly in the class. You had poor grades. Well, poor means that you don't have money, and if you get enough Fs, then you have to repeat a grade, and you don't get to have your friends anymore, and you're ostracized. And I'm sure a lot of this audience has had stuff like this happen to them. It is a very end. We can speculate about that, or we, we were able to speculate about that. Now we really can't speculate about that. It's just a fact that you are not allowed to think certain thoughts, or at least there's someone who is acting in a really buffoonish way to try to make it so that you can't think certain thoughts. And how are we on streaming now? Is everybody happy? It's iffy? How iffy is iffy? Is anybody able to get a good show? I've got one assistant telling me it's fine. I've got another assistant telling me that it's buffering. Okay. So, folks, this is a high-intensity live stream. Not getting it good is probably because you got to knock down my bandwidth on your machine in your browser because you might not have the support to live stream at this speed. If you have a high-speed Internet, you probably are going to be fine. That's my guess. So we're not going to worry about that anymore. We're not going to talk about it anymore. We're just going to do the show. Uh, because some people are getting this right. So if you don't have enough bandwidth, I do apologize. Anyway, what we're dealing with here to me is, is egregious. Uh, it's, it's very upsetting. Uh, several people who I have consulted from, millionaire, you get to let your facial hair grow as long as you like. It's buffering so I think um, I don't know if it's his channel or not <laughs> after what he said. Huh. <coughs> this one Mm, this one is really look at what's happening here uh, at g- going back to the slide again I think this is a global very acrimonious divorce and why do I say that I say that because uh, when we are looking at how this works when we're looking at how a divorce plays out there are different types of divorces that can happen there are peaceful divorces where people custody battles involved. There may be extraordinary fights over money. Okay? And at the same time that this global divorce is going on, there is a very bizarre apparatus in place that wants you to not be aware that this divorce is even really happening. Or... As in the case of many family situations, and this creates a great deal of stress on the child, particularly when the child is being told information that is negative about the other parent by one of the parents. When one of the parents commits to hate and negativity for a consistent period of time, okay, then you have a situation where the child begins to develop. There is an acrimonious divorce going on, and the child is given two sets of information from both parents. The parents, in other words, in an ideal divorce, the parents do not talk badly about the other parent to the children at all. They handle it. They say, we're working it all out, and we're going to you know, get this resolved but you don't drag the kids through your personal dirty laundry. Well, that is not what is happening. And so what I've learned in the UFO community is a radical transformation of the basic quality of life that we all thought that we could enjoy. We're seeing some very, very aggressive, let me try to get that shirt out of there, (laughs) We're seeing some very, very aggressive moves being made here. And we're seeing a very, very acrimonious divorce breaking out into the open. Now, if you think that I'm talking about the first debate, no, I mean, that's that kind of is an example of it. And the way George Norrie has been doing this since, I don't know, 2001, 2002, a long, long time ago. We'll just say 20 years, okay? George has basically been doing this for 20 years. You don't ever see George go online and engage with anybody who is trying to stir up trouble against him, trying to call him names, of which there are many, uh, trying to attack his credibility, uh, trying to attack him for any of a number of reasons. George doesn't get involved. And I'll just give you a little insider tip here. If you talk to anybody... Who knows how to advise you if your career is starting to go somewhere and you're starting to get real public attention which I have seen over and over again people go from a normal platform where they're just sharing information to an attack platform where they begin naming names and they begin singling people out and they begin driving a narrative and in fact my wife and I both have been subject to this on an unimaginable scale. And so for your own sanity, you reach a point where you have to disengage and you can't participate. And so again, I apologize that I've been so out of the loop here, but again, there are situations taking place on these platforms right now where certain opinions will lead to, I guess I'm up to 434,000 subscribers or something like that. Gone. In the UFO community, what I've consistently noticed is that when people pivot to an attack platform, that's that's when their audience numbers die off. That's when people stop paying attention. That's when they tune you out. That's terrible. And so the real key is stop projecting negativity about your other, in this case, opponent, right? Stop projecting negativity about your opponent. And actually focus on your message. Focus on what you are supposed to do. So these are the guidelines that I already follow. I've occasionally spoken about the horrendous opposition that we have online, but I really don't. Because it's not going to enhance your life very much unless you're, you know, really into the trivia and you like hearing whining and complaining. <laughs> but uh, so anyway, what I've learned is that there is an optics aspect to uh, doing a good job when you're a public figure and the trick is we're not trying to stop you from having freedom of speech we're not trying to stop you from thinking your own thoughts and don't try to stop us from thinking our own thoughts and don't try to restrict our free speech and if you come into our private areas if you come into a a youtube group or a, a twitter post or whatever that's a private forum and so, yes, we do reserve the right to moderate because we have some very disruptive activity that takes place. Is there something you'd like to say? Okay. Yeah, sacred boundaries. So, um, if you, w- I, I would just, let's just say this hypothetically, okay? If you want to win an election, you probably don't want to be overly dissing your opponent because, when I've seen how this plays out in the microculture of the UFO community, when you go onto an attack platform, when you start hitting everybody, pretty soon it's obvious if everybody around you is the jerk, then guess who's the a-hole, right? <laughs> I do believe that there is a similar thing going on here. If you look at what's happened in our, in our media, we've had four or five years, really, five years... Of this unrelenting drive to, to to force you, to literally force you to hate one person. And that's really bizarre. I don't think that's ever happened before where you have this apparent voice of the collective, and remember again, you're graded in school upon the accuracy of the information in your mind, so if you have inaccurate information then you have a poor grade. And poor is a word that's associated with not having money. So literally, if you don't have correct information, the world tells you that you're subject to poverty, you could go back a grade, you you could fail, you're a failure. So there's this thing that a lot of people have gotten conditioned in them, that the voice of the collective must be right. And I've railed on this for years, how often we lean on the word they. Well, they say this, and they say that, and they say. Well, who is they? And who gets to control the power of the word they? That is the all-important power. And what is very interesting is that the assumptions that some in certain age demographics, particularly the older demographics, would believe that, it's, that Nobody could even believe it's possible that an entire apparatus with all of these different divisions could turn against one person like this so resolutely, and then to actually have the entire thing, or at least a significant majority of it, be completely based in falsehoods, <laughs> it's actually hilarious. the the utter childishness of what has been going on, the lack of a single burst of of delicious oxygen to this negativity that has gone on for five years, that it never freaking stops. And we have seen one thing after another, after another, after another come up that have later been disproven. And there's so many examples that it's mind-boggling And did you ever hear about the idea that there's five corporations that apparently are running everything? Did you ever hear about the idea that this five corporate monster has thousands and thousands of heads, thousands and thousands of print that went, I think it was almost 40M or something like that, 40 million. It was very large, and it was right up there with, like, other people who had been... You know, heads of state in America and elsewhere before. It was that large. Comparable. I mentioned this, and two days later it was down to 225,000. And I've shown you this already if you went back and watched my videos. That was last February of 2019. Now, when that happened, it said I said to myself, how in the hell did they make this many videos disappear so fast? And if that's possible, then anything is possible. And if you think that the destruction of channels and their content on these different platforms is in any way beneficial to you, that you're being protected somehow, I think you're cool enough to encounter information that you don't like and decide not to read it. I think you're cool enough to make up your own mind, to read something and then discern facts for yourself. I think you have that ability. And it, it saddens me greatly that that ability is being taken from you because if you remember, I wrote a full free ebook last year on my website, divinecosmos.com d-i-v-i-n-e-c-o-s-m-o-s.com. This is a free full-length book called D-Class D-E-C-L-A-S You can go right on that website and find it right away And in that book, in one of the sections I talk about other types of content that were targeted the same way, and would it, would it surprise you if you went back and read that and looked at the proof, because again, these are provable facts, would it surprise you that there were dozens and dozens of channels focusing on things like organic food and healthy eating and taking natural supplements, stuff that almost everybody can agree is good? Groups like Facebook groups that had millions of members. And they all got purged. They all got taken down. And that really did happen, folks. That really did happen. We got a very long, luxuriously boring flight of an airplane over my head here. I hope you don't hear too much of that in the microphone. This is live, and we got to just go with whatever happens. So... I can only state how bizarre it is that when there's never been such a veritable surfeit of information to gorge yourself on that's so easily identifiable as truth because seeing is believing and you learn certain things and you can't unlearn those things and you see certain things and no matter how much you try to wipe your eyes off, (laughs) you can't unsee certain things. It's not fun. It's not fun to be in this position. I haven't enjoyed being this under the gun because the truth is being prosecuted. And then to find out that we have a technology that can be used to greatly reduce war, crime, terrorism and fatalities and all these horrible things, because that's what we don't want. That's what we stand for at this channel. We do not want you to be violent. We do not want you to do anything to hurt other people at all. In fact, we are very actively seeking the most peaceful way out of this, this current global, very acrimonious divorce that's going on, which again, as I said, is not just the debate. It is a deeper divorce that only is symbolized by figureheads but really has to do with a system that has been in place for a long time and then an aspect of that system that has broken away and has decided that it does not like the way the system was running it does not like the morals of the system it does not like the ethics of that system these people who I have called the alliance or who I will today call our friends Okay, remember that term because that's about all you're going to get i got to be very careful about my wording here Okay. Our friends are many, and I have actually met some of them, and I have been getting briefings on what our friends have had to say since at least 2009, and was already tracking a story long before that. Now, I've said this in other videos, but this is where it really counts, because I'm talking to you, I'm not talking to somebody else, I'm talking to you, and I want you to understand To the ability that I have within this medium, I want you to understand what might actually be going on. And again, I can't prove everything because if I did, there's consequences. At this point, there's deep, deep consequences. But let's just say right now that it's a good idea to be digging around and looking for things and look in unconventional places and don't be afraid to meander off of the plantation. big tech and and social media okay because you just might find a lot more if you don't get constrained by those shackles because this has now become something that nobody can ignore nobody can deny that this type of uh ridiculous situation is taking place and it's it's really really sad to me it's really sad to me as somebody who has been doing this for a long time that I now am afraid of losing these 433,000 subscribers losing my ability to speak to you like this losing this platform that allows me to live stream at a high bandwidth without paying an enormous cost to a large number of people If you don't go on these platforms, it would be like, what would happen to Led Zeppelin if they didn't put anything on the radio? If Stairway to Heaven never got played on the radio, would Led Zeppelin ever have become the biggest rock and roll band of all time? Very likely, no. You have to be heard. So this is an attack, and it is very important to remember that the people who are being attacked, the people who are losing their voices... Their income is usually tethered to this as well. And so this is a fundamental attack on their livelihood. And if you have the level of arrogance that all you want to do is say, well, they should just get a job, you're missing the point. This is a, a, this is a hostile, intense fight to the death. And getting back to the slides again real quick here, this global acrimonious divorce If you listen to some of the rhetoric that is being thrown around, we need a fresh start, right? Well, the idea is oh, yeah, okay. I want you to get a fresh start. Let's bring back the old guy. (laughs) You know, let's give him another chance, you know, because I don't know. I'm feeling nostalgic. I miss, I just miss those times. And so, you know, it's all going to be different now, it's all going to be better now. Well, this is exactly what happens in dysfunctional relationships. This is exactly what happens, let's go over here, when one person is consistently not being truthful and then they want another chance and they want another round of forgiveness. It's not like there's a lot to discover here, okay? This is something that's gone on for a very long time. And so, getting back to the slide again... uh, it's, it kind of reminds me, actually, of what, what we heard about when I studied battered wife syndrome in uh, psychology classes and, and counseling classes. After all these years of hitting me, now you send flowers? Folks, <laughs> yes, that's what I believe is going on, okay? So go ahead and take the channel down. I guess that's what has to happen now. But please, it's, it's so ridiculous. If I can't have an opinion, then, then is this still America? Or what are we dealing with? So we're supposed to have rights. We're supposed to have the ability to talk about the things we want to talk about, even if they're contentious, and even if some people don't like them, and even if some people are threatened by those things. So when you look at how much things have already happened, the the, the situation that has persisted for so long, unabated, the people who have committed crimes of such enormity and magnitude, who have never before, ever had to be accountable for those things. And you hear about it, but there's all these movies that make you think, well, nobody's ever going to be accountable for this. Nobody's ever going to pay for these things. It's it's preposterous. It's never going to happen. I know you want justice. I know you've wanted justice. And the way in which justice may be coming to you, and I'm only speaking to one part of my audience here, The way that justice may be coming to you could be something that is totally unappealing. You may, and again, a lot of my audience is not going to be this, but you may be looking at a situation in which you have to flick a switch for one of two choices that both seem to be unacceptable to you. And again, this is reductive, but that's what elections are. They reduce it down to one or the other and then there's some throwaway choices for your vote. But it's reductive. There's one or the other, okay? So if you got to pick one or the other, and let's say that you're in that boat and you're trying to make up your mind, maybe you're unaware of the threat and the jeopardy that I am under by even trying to talk to you about this right now, that I am risking my entire life's work, my entire career, my entire platform, my ability to earn an income, It's all up in the air right now by even daring to do this and talk to you about this. Now, that would be odd if it were the same thing going in the opposite direction, but it's not. If you want to hate a certain person the way he's been hated for the last five years, anything goes, man. You can say anything You can make any video you want to make. You never have to worry about getting deplatformed as long as you don't go way over into these guidelines and start saying really, really crazy stuff. And there's so many examples of this. But if you carry the opposite opinion, if you talk about certain sources of information, you're going to lose everything. If you talk about certain letters in the English language, it might happen to be a certain number after the beginning, perhaps 17, 18. You know, let's say 17 just for fun. <sighs> certain letters. Clint Eastwood stare. Go ahead. I mean, this is crazy. What's the big deal? You know, the, the, the kids don't want to hear about the parents arguing while they're divorcing, right? The kids don't want to get dragged into all the drama. The UFO community doesn't want to get dragged into all the drama. Some of the people that we know, some of the people we trusted in the UFO community turned on us in really, really shocking ways. And it's happened over and over again. There's actually any number of these things that would make you laugh your head off if I could talk about it. And it's so bizarre. Because when you get into this kind of hate, you, you think about the childishness that it emanates from someone who has a a significant degree of intelligence, a significant degree of money and power, but is almost completely undeveloped emotionally and can't get to the most basic appreciation of others. So getting back to the slide again, I really don't take this too metaphorically. I take this pretty much literally. After all these years, now you're going to send flowers, and this time you say it's going to be better? Okay. So I want to give you some basic information now uh, because these things are very, very relevant, folks, and you need to know this. Not everybody is the same. We have certain sayings that have become collective gestalts, such as everyone is a good person at heart. We actually now know through the research of psychology that that is not correct. Certain people are decisively not good at heart. Certain people are consistently abrasive, consistently wanting to get in trouble, wanting to hurt others. They need that fix. Going back to the slide now, we have a name for these people. You might have heard them called narcissists, but psychopath is, is a common name. Now, uh... Oh, psychopath, that's like Hannibal Lecter That's like somebody who you know, Does all these crazy things no, Not necessarily That would be an extreme example of a, of a violent psychopath But you have to understand That the movies have really Delighted you with a lot of disinformation About the idea that somebody With these types of characteristics That I'm about to describe Would look evil Would, would have eyes that turn black or their skin does something funny, or they they just look hideous. It's a much less appreciated phenomenon that people with this type of diagnosis blend in to our society. They look like everybody else. They don't have uniquely identifying visual characteristics at all. In fact, the psychopath... And again, we're talking about the non-violent psychopath, which is the vast majority of them. The psychopath is going to deliberately try to be more attractive socially. They're going to want to have a better appearance, better clothes, more money, better job, and they're going to want to rub it in your face. They're, they have delusions of grandeur. They are very into themselves. So you're going to get narcissism. You're going to get ego You're going to get a lot of pride. You're going to get a lot of lying, manipulation, deceit. Uh, These are all the basic characteristics of the psychopath. So a psychopath is a person who, at their core, has some sort of trauma that they've been through, or probably usually it's a whole series of them, that are irreconcilable on some level in their mind. And somewhere along the line, this idea that there is a loving God in the universe, which, again, the vast majority of everybody watching this believes that, okay, that's a common thing in the Western world, and in fact all over the world, regardless of where it is. It's an overwhelmingly high percentage of our audience that believes in a loving God, okay? Some people think that they have their own set of rules, that karma doesn't apply to them, that they can do whatever the heck they want, and that they are almost like, in some of the more organized forms of this, they're almost like a natural force, like a fire. You can't really blame a fire for burning down an entire area, uh, miles and miles and miles of forest. It's just a fire, that's what it does. Well, you can see I'm being very careful and cagey in how I speak, and I gotta tiptoe around things because I used to be able to talk however I want. That right now would definitely not be a good idea. Uh, But I want you to think about this idea of psychopaths, okay? I want you to think about the idea that the psychopath is a person who fundamentally lacks compassion and consideration for others, and they become addicted to manipulation. They become addicted to control. They become addicted to dominance. They want, they need to have a daily hit. They need to hit someone every day. And it doesn't mean necessarily physically. That's a violent one, but there's a lot of non-violent ones. So how do you know that you're in a situation like this with a person? You're always in trouble. You're always saying you're sorry. You're always apologizing. There's always a big, horrible problem, and it's always your fault. And I also have seen many people going through this as a life lesson, that this is their lesson, this is what they have to go through is to be in one of these and then figure out how to get out and having studied this in college academically, actually how battered wives can leave alcoholic battering husbands it's very very bizarre it doesn't follow the rules that you think it would follow getting away can be extremely difficult and extremely painful and nearly impossible Because part of what happens is that you are told that you do not have any value without this person. That without this person, everything is going to go down the toilet. That you need them. You need them to be able to live. And one of the things psychopaths love to do is to make you dependent on them. Financially, physically, for whatever reason. So that it actually is true. So that you could be fooled into believing that you have nothing to fall back on. That you couldn't leave that you are trapped that this is a paradox but getting into the spiritual information that i've shared for so many years i don't believe in paradoxes there always is a way that you can get out of a situation that you don't like there always is a way that you can be free there always is a way that you can escape a situation but in the most extreme versions of, of psychopathic relationships which I have gotten to learn about through a variety of means including that I worked for eight years as a personal intuitive consultant I had 500 clients during that time and I would talk to people one on one on the phone for usually a 90 minute session two sides of a 90 minute cassette tape 45 minutes of conversation 45 minutes of the intuitive consultation And what I would hear about is a lot of these kinds of things. Because believe it or not, if you are on the ascension path, if you're on a spiritual path and you're awakening, it is very, very likely that you have attracted psychopaths into your life who are actively lying to you, manipulating you, withholding information from you, hurting you, making you feel bad, and overall becoming a very, very disruptive menace to your life. I have always striven to be the best person I can be. That's why, after being a public figure since 1996, I've been posting online since then. It's 25 years, okay? Beginning in Richard C. Hoagland's discussion forum on EnterpriseMission.com in March or April 1996 is when I started, okay? And writing articles and then competing with other people to see who's got read. That was the hot forum back in the day. 1996, Art Bell... 20 million people listening per show, and Richard was the top guest, and then George Norrie took over. And as I said, George Norrie never gets involved in these types of flame wars. Well, I went into Hoagland's forum back in 96 being very excited about this information he was sharing, seeing actually really compelling photographic evidence of what appeared to be intelligently built, human-built ruins on another planet in our solar system, on Mars that there's this face that looks like a face that actually has a headdress around it it's a mile and a half wide and then next to that very unusual feature is what clearly looks like a series of pyramids in a city and then right below that in a perfect triangulation is a five-sided pyramid but this five-sided pyramid has the proportions of the human body with its arms out like the Vitruvian man okay now I was very interested in the idea that this might be true, as I'm sure many people would be. NASA came out with absurdly doctored false images that Art Bell dubbed the cat box because they actually washed out all the contrast on the image to try to make it look like there wasn't a face there. And then we went in and we tweaked the contrast and figured out, no, here's all the blacks and all the stuff, all the differences in black color that we could find when we actually just boost the contrast back up. They've never really gone back and tried to do anything like that again. And I actually do believe, as I wrote in my third book, Ascension Mysteries, that there are ruins on Mars. You could also watch previous YouTube videos I've done on this channel, youtube.com slash wilcock 333 I don't have very many videos, uh, but some of them do talk about this. And also, there's two movies that I've been in recently. There's Above Majestic and Cosmic Secret. And right now, I'd highly recommend watching either one of them. Let's just put that out there. Oh, and we got 10,900 live viewers right now, so it's working. That's good. So, focusing on this now, um, what I'd like to do is have you consider this idea that I've been doing this since 1996. I was doing this with Richard C. Hoagland's discussion forum back when that was the hippest place to be in the UFO community, and right at the beginning, I saw the dawning of what we now call trolling on the internet. I saw certain individuals who never, ever, ever stopped attacking Richard and attacking his information. And then what I also noticed is something that in philosophy is called intellectual dishonesty, where... When you prove a point, they don't accept it and they just change to something else. So this is where you get the term permaskeptic. That's one of the things I used. It's not about winning an argument with these people. It's about them wanting to attack you. Well, that is psychopathic by definition. There is an epidemic of psychopathology on the Internet. (laughs) You are going to be attacked if you try to go public, if you try to make a statement, if you do anything that people start paying attention to, the way the world is today, the way the internet is today, you will be attacked as soon as you start getting any kind of decent numbers. And that's across the board for everybody. So this is everybody's problem. And the social media has potentially made everyone an instant overnight celebrity. It's You could go viral for any reason. You don't even know. You could post some kind of funny video, and the next thing you know, two million people have seen it the following day. And there are many, many, many stories that have been written, many articles that have been written about how this happens to people and how they end up wanting to kill themselves, and they end up canceling their page and canceling their social media, and they never do another thing again. And they hide out, and they spend the rest of their lives recovering from the trauma of what happens to you when, this, when you go public like this. So the psychopath epidemic is very real. Now, in psychology, back in the early 1990s, we were taught that it's 4% of men and 2% of women that are psychopathic. And again, all this means is that there is a systematic, profound, ongoing lack of empathy for others and an ongoing desire to manipulate, control, and enslave and dominate others. So by talking to people as a consultant, by talking to people, 500 clients over the course of eight years, I had many, many people who were in extremely toxic, destructive relationships, marriages, and even just boyfriend, girlfriend. So I got to analyze this stuff, and I got to talk to many people about their most personal issues. And one of the things that I found out was that in a lot of these cases, not all of them, but in the worst cases, the... The the psychopath, the the attacker, the person who is causing all the problems, ultimately will say, if you don't let me do this, I will kill you. If you don't stay with me, I will kill you. If you leave me, I will kill you or I will kill myself. Now, that's very, very sad when someone is in a relationship and they don't want to be in that relationship anymore, but they are told that they're going to be killed if they try to get out. Or that the other person will kill themselves. Sadly, this is actually quite common, and I heard about it from many of my former clients. Why do people use this suicide embargo? Well, a psychopath becomes dependent upon the loop that takes place. They want to traumatize, and they want to receive the benefit. So you got to remember, if you're not a psychopath, if this is mysterious to you, psychopaths how do we how do i say this in in an interesting way they don't really have anything else going on that matters as much as being a psychopath that's the only thing that really matters it's like a religion and they need to do it they need to do it regularly they need to be on a daily basis dominating terrifying controlling manipulating deceiving Another person. They need that daily experience of venting on someone, attacking someone, hurting someone, and then getting the apologies and getting the fear and getting the contractive response where you actually do start to slouch and lean forward. So if you still don't really understand that not everyone is a good person at heart, that there are these types of people walking around, and some of them are nonviolent. It's, it's a problem in, in the spiritual community as well, which I avoided it, but this is not very common. A lot of people in the spiritual community that I've heard about have actually been womanizers, and they have taken advantage of people because of their public persona, because of the degree of exposure that they have. So let me again reiterate that I am happily married to Elizabeth, and I've never done that. Okay? So... Rumors always get started up again, and those rumors do not have anything to do with me. And they're never going to. Why? Because for me, I never have been that motivated by this. If you have a spiritually integrated life, you don't have a sexual hunger that is always needing to be filled. You don't have a desire to want to mate with people who you don't plan on spending the rest of your life with them in a monogamous relationship. And so this idea of cheating, this idea of, you know, the deception and going behind somebody's back and the secret texts and the secret phone calls, let me share something with you. Even if you don't believe in karma, even if you don't believe in a benevolent loving God or that that benevolent loving God has it in for you if you start doing negative things, in today's age, with the women, and I'm so slouchy here in this camera angle, it's not the best, most flattering one. This is from the Daily Mail. And it says, the scientist who found that he had the brain of a psychopath and what it taught him about human nature. James Fallon, interestingly like Jimmy Fallon, right, the late n- night talk show host, there's no possible synchronicity there. James Fallon was studying brain scans when he made this discovery. Then he later realized his family is related to the infamous suspected parent killer, Lizzie Borden. After coming to terms with this news, Mr. Fallon has written a book, and he believes that the love of his family prevented him from having dangerous behaviors. Okay, this against yourself. This man was able to see that he had impulses that would lead to dangerous behaviors and that he was able to stop those dangerous behaviors from actually happening. There's a reason why psychopaths should never drink alcohol, because alcoholism and psychopathy are very fundamentally related, and a psychopath under the influence of alcohol becomes vastly, vastly, vastly worse. So I'll just put that out there. Now, here's the next slide I want you to see. This is James Fallon on the right. Now, notice that he doesn't look like anything unusual. He doesn't have an appearance that would suggest he's evil. You wouldn't see this guy and go, "Uh uh-oh, uh-oh, I better run away from this guy. He looks happy. He looks fun. He looks like a guy you could, you know, drink with and have fun with and hang out, and he'd be your buddy. But now, what's that on the left? What that on the left is showing you If you didn't already know this You really do need to know this now That you're at the end of the line Of being able to ignore psychopaths You're going to have to know that these people exist The exam is over It's time to know And you're going to know the truth folks That is about to happen And it has started already Even though I can't tell you You're going to learn about it anyway And all those deleted channels are coming back by the way Hopefully soon So what do we see on Jim's brain there Down on the bottom Where is the frontal lobe? It's on the right. That's where the red arrow is. The frontal lobe is the part of your brain that processes feelings and emotions. Emotions like loving someone, kindness, patience, forgiveness. This is the front of the brain. Your frontal lobe processes things like self consciousness, whether you feel anxious about yourself, whether you feel awkward. All of those kind of emotions that would lead to you not wanting to get up on stage and talk to a bunch of people. All those emotions that say, oh my God, I had a little stuttering when I was a kid. Now I don't want people to know that I might still stutter. I'm all worried about it. That's overactive frontal lobe. Okay, if, if, you're, if your frontal lobe is going nuts, if your frontal lobe is too active, then what's going to happen is that you are going to be psychotic Or whatever you want to call it in psychology where you are questioning everything that you do. You're always having uh, self-conscious thoughts. You're constantly worried about what other people say about you, what other people think about you. And then here's what can happen. You might end up in a situation where you have been traumatized very, very greatly and very repeatedly. And it may be that over the course of many repeated examples of this trauma that some people's minds voluntarily turn off the frontal lobe they turn it off, this is a biological defense mechanism, it is a response to trauma it is a protective mechanism against trauma your brain does this for you if you go through too many of these emotional upsets, if you go through too much emotional pain your body will start to shut off the frontal lobes, and the more that that goes on, the more it, it snowballs. With additional traumas, so if you're if you're in a highly abusive environment for years on end, your brain will actually deactivate the frontal lobes, and there are there are usually going to be now this gets into a version of of psychotherapy called somatic experience because you don't want your brain to do this. You do want your frontal lobes to be activated. So what is somatic experiencing? Somatic experiencing is a technique that has proven to be effective because it gets results. So let's talk about some interesting things that we learn from the animal kingdom. And there is a guy who did this work. I forget the name of the scientist off the top of my head because I don't have slides for this, but this is all part of the psychopath discussion when we double click on it. In the animal kingdom, It has been observed that when animals get into a fight to the death, when they have that fight to the death, or when they almost have a fight to the death, when something deeply, intensely traumatic and upsetting happens to them, they will eventually go to a safe place in many, many cases, and then they will have tremors. Their body starts shaking, and they have tremors, and that, in the somatic experiencing lexicon, is called a release. Okay? There are films of this with polar bears. A polar, Two polar bears get into a fight. The polar bear that was in the fight, they, they track him. He goes off to a, an area after this fight. He's all scratched up, and he starts shaking. And I would say that this is something that we have lost, but in somatic experiencing, they call it a release. Now a release as a human being doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to have traumatic shaking in your body. It can Uh, and in the sexual experience a lot of times the sexual release is, but this is not the only way and it's not something that you have to be dependent upon. Uh, There are plenty of ways that don't involve being in a relationship that you can still release this stuff. So in somatic experiencing, what what happens is that you are asked to hold a traumatic memory and you don't even have to say what it is. You don't even have to give the therapist the memory. And then they say, now go inside your body and tell me where you feel this. Where? What part of your body are you feeling? What part of your body are you noticing right now? And what can you tell me about it? And the strangest thing begins to happen. Your attentive, attentiveness will pivot to a certain part of your body that actually starts to feel pain in a lot of cases. Hmm. And that pain is associated with a memory. And then you might actually start crying. Mm -hmm. You don't have to say what the memory is out loud, but in the process of going into the pain, you discover that there is an anchor point between a physical trauma and a part of the body. And so without getting into details, there are certain times in my life where I experienced some physical violence. Thankfully, it was never that bad. But in certain somatic experiencing uh, events, I was asked to tune into a memory and ask where, this, where, where does my attention go? And I go to a certain part of my body, and then I realize that I actually was injured there. And that this is like a somatic memory. And you haven't healed this, your brain is eventually gonna deactivate the frontal lobes so that there's not the electrical activity there, which means you're not burdened anymore By worrying about what people are going to think about you, you're not burdened by fear. You don't even have a healthy fear, necessarily. You'll just do what you want. You don't think about how other people are going to feel based on your actions. You don't think about what they're going to do. You don't worry about consequences. You don't worry about getting caught. You don't worry about going to jail. You think you're going to be able to talk your way out of it. You think that everything's cool. You're fine. This is not normal. The brain is not meant to run without a frontal lobe. And if you don't use your frontal lobe, you're, you're missing out on a lot of the joy of living because you're never really going to feel love. You're never really going to feel warmth. You're never really going to feel happiness. The only happiness that you get in the psychopathic arena is by hurting people, controlling them, manipulating them. And it's very difficult to really grasp that this could happen. Going back to the slide now Here is the brain on the left of a normal person With a frontal lobe There are websites that can teach you about this Like the psychopathfree.com website And uh, before we get into that Let's go over here Um, I just want to say that psychopathfree.com I've never talked about it in a video before I don't think Or maybe I did once or twice But for me it is the gold standard of websites that discuss how to actually, the, the practical advice of how to unhook from a psychopath. Because again, the sad reality if you haven't gotten into one of these, I, I'm so grateful that this has never happened to you. But when death is the only way out, when somebody's gonna die, it's you or the other person or both. You know, when I grew up in Scotia, New York, right down the street from me, There was a family where the husband came home, shot the wife with a shotgun after she had divorced him and he had moved out. He came back with a gun, he shot her and killed her, and then he shot himself and killed himself. And that was four doors down from my house. And I guess when it finally happened was the early 80s. So this stuff does happen. There are these situations where people literally cannot get out. And something bad does happen. And what's going on right now sure sounds an awful lot like that, doesn't it? That there's going to be these horrible things that will happen after the election, if it turns out a certain way, or maybe even if it doesn't. Maybe no matter how the thing turns out, maybe no matter which way the wind blows, it's all going to go that way. We also have a picture up there, by the way. on the. So this is, this is how it works in the real world. The real world is not nice. The real world is not fun. The real world is very, very messy. And if you get entangled with psychopaths, they're always trying to make you doubt yourself. They're always trying to make you doubt your intuition, doubt your heart, doubt what you really are thinking and feeling inside. And there are many, many people over the eons, over the millennia, throughout all the known inhabited worlds in this galaxy alone. You know, NASA's now saying that there's something like 80 million Earth-like planets in our galaxy alone. Or I think it's 80 billion, actually, now. It's 80 billion, yeah. So that's just a staggering number. I mean, you know, the the number of Earth-like planets is so common that it's pretty much like almost every star has a watery Earth-like planet. So... I would wager that we're going to find out that intelligent life is very, very common in the universe and that it follows an intelligent design. That intelligent design is what we would call the Logos. It's the mind of the galaxy. I talk all about this. Here it comes, everybody. Kaboom! In the new book, Awakening in the Dream. Part of the reason why I haven't been talking very much is that this book is still current. There's still things in this book that haven't happened yet. It tells you the future. And it tells you how this thing that we're going through right now is going to work out. And I stand behind it. Uh, There's a lot of things in here that I wouldn't even want to talk about right now because it could cause the channel to go down very easily. But it's already in the book. And remember, I finished the book in January, so I didn't know about any of this stuff that's happened since then. But the whole book is written for a person going through an economic collapse, basically. And, And how you cope with that and how you deal with that reality, which is now basically everybody's reality. So the psychopath is a person who, throughout all the different worlds, all the different worlds in our galaxy and beyond, everybody's been cracking on this, trying to figure out, is there a way that I can make my psychopath love me? Is there a way that I can force this person to be the way that I want them to be? If I'm nice enough, if I'm loving enough, if I'm patient enough, if I'm forgiving enough, if I give them enough benefit of the doubt, what does, going back to the slide real quick, what does the psychopathfree.com website say about this? They actually make it very clear. The only protocol that works with a psychopath is no contact. Now, what does this mean exactly? This means... No matter how many ways you try to solve